Awesome. Hey, why don't we just make some noise for Jesus this morning, eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. God is so good. Awesome. Kia ora tātou whānau. It's good to be here with you all. Um, just want to give honour and glory to the Lord, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's uh, so awesome. What a what an honour it is just to be able to just bring the Word of God, whether it's amongst uh, one or two people, whether it's in a conference, or whether it's just in a, in this amazing, great church, Excite Church. Um, or, and, and to all the people that are watching online, we just salute you guys in your nice warm beard on this cold, rainy day. Man, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome, man. And so, hey, I just want to give honour to the Lord, but also um, honour to all the eldership here at Excite Church. We just want to honour you guys and for the great work that you guys do behind the scenes. Pastor Paul and Ruth, um, legends in the faith here in the far north. Amen. Let's give it up for them as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. So good to be in the house. Um, my name's Tanera Simpson for you guys that don't know me. Um, and uh, my beautiful wife over there is Suzanne. She's so beautiful. Come on, don't you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, just this morning, um, you know, this month or this um, the season that we're in, we're we're ministering about family matters, and you know, family does matter, and family matters to God, so family should matter to us, and you know, God's interested in family, and right from the get go, right from the beginning, you know, God, He said, it's not good for man to be alone. That's what He said. He says everything else is good. But he says it's not good for man to be alone. And so he creates this wahine. He gets the rib out of the man and he forms her out of the dirt. And, you know, he breathes um, into her. And then the man's like, whoa, man. Oh, okay, that was a bit of a check. I, I say that to my grandchildren and they just crack up, you know. And then he says, go forth and multiply. Some of us in here have done that. And he says, go forth. Some of us are taking that scripture, eh, Nelly and uh, Martin? Taking that scripture, literally, and that's their favourite scripture. You ask them. <laughs> he says, go forth and multiply. And so God has always been interested in family. Noah and his family, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the 12 sons that were just, some of them were good, some of them weren't so good. But they're still part of God's plan and God's into family. See, God sent His only Son, Jesus, into a family. He sent Him into a family, born of a virgin, born under the law. Amen. He came to redeem those who are under the law. That we might become sons adopt, adopted into, into this family of God. Amen. He, put, he didn't just make Jesus appear one day. No, He put Him into a family. He gave Him a mother called Mary. Yeah. He had an earthly father called Joseph. He had siblings. It would have been pretty interesting, you know, trying to have a, uh, you know, a bit of an argument with Jesus as a brother. Because you'd always lose. Be hard. But he was, he was born into a family. And you know, if family really matters to God, it should really matter to us. It should really matter to us. And you know, Jesus says this. He teaches that a wise man builds his house on the rock. And you know, we've had a bit of wisdom. And in this 20 minutes of my preaching today, you're not going to get it all. But I tell you what, as you, as you continue to keep feeding off the Word of God, you begin to learn and you get wisdom. And he says, a wise man is like this that he hears these words and he acts on them. Yeah. 
And so we've heard messages over the past three or four weeks, and God wants you to, or ever since we've become the church, really, eh? Um, that Jesus teaches about a wise man builds on the rock, the foolish builds on the sand. And God wants you to have that firm foundation on the rock, that you build your whanau, your family on the rock. Yeah, that you hear God's message, you get into God's Word, it's so important. I was talking to a pastor the other day and he reckons he asks his church and he reckons half his church or over half of his church don't even get into the Word. He's like, whoa. And so Jesus wants us to build our house on the rock that you hear the words of the Lord, that you act upon them. And, um, but the foolish are like those who hear God's Word and they don't act upon them. And when the, when the storms come, just boom, it's all over. Yeah? And so this morning... I just want to add to all the wisdom that's already been spoken about. <laughs> I just want to add to that wisdom that Dave's talked about, Ruben's talked about, Pastor Howie and Vic, Vicky's talked about, Pastor Paul and Ruth always bringing something fresh, something powerful in our hearts. I just want to be able to add to that this morning. I want to add to that and I want to, because you guys have decided to come to the table, so I've got to bring some food. <laughs> anyway. Let's look at the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, 26 to 27. Hallelujah. You there? Ephesians um, 4, 26 to 27, that says this, Be angry. Turn to your neighbor and say, Be angry. And yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Let's say it again. Be angry. And yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. I don't know if you've ever had a family member make you upset. <laughs> Pastor Paul, Pastor Ruth, has Paul ever made you I bet you because she's Scottish and you know, I've seen that movie Braveheart. I just wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> Those Scottish are like, yeah, you can take my land, but you can't take my freedom. <laughs> They're pretty crazy people, so I don't think Pastor Paul would make Ruth too upset. <laughs> you know, but I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've had like sibling rivalries or if you've had family members that have made you mad or if you've had brothers and sisters that have upset you. Uh, I don't know about you, but in my life I have. Maybe your child is, you know, trying to take you on. Have you ever had that? Like, yeah, you know, trying to challenge you. You know, like, you know, those kind of times where you're like, you know, your son or your daughter, they're like, come on then, mum, come on then, or come on then. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had family members. I don't know if you have. See, I grew up in a big family. I grew up in a family that had about 10, I got 10 brothers and sisters. And, you know, we could massive. We lived in a three-bedroom home. One bathroom, you know, three, you know, 10. And then we had all the cousins and the neighbours and everybody else that wants to come into the home. Because my mum, and I grew up in the times in the 80s and the 90s, the best times ever. Come on. 80s and 90s, you know what I mean? You'd go out and you'd go and kill some sheep. You'd bring, you wouldn't just fill your freezer. You'd feed the neighbourhood. You know, the neighbor, would, the neighbor would get a whole bin of watermelon and he wouldn't just fill his cupboard, but he'd feed the neighborhood. Yeah, we lived in such a time that even your neighbor was allowed to give you a bit of a boom around the ears. Yeah, well, I mean, 
some of you are like, no way, we can't do that. But we, I grew up in a time like that, that you hung out on the, on the road outside and you played footy. And I love playing footy and I grew up in a time and I really loved my childhood. It was awesome. Had a great upbringing, you know, and so, but I remember this one time. I remember this one time that my brother had a younger brother, younger brother. I'm the oldest brother, boy in my family, not the oldest, but I'm the oldest brother. And my younger brother, he wanted to do like this little prank on me. One day, he was being a little bit like Jacob. You know, he's been a bit of a trick star and he decided to play this prank on me. And outside our house, we had this paddock and we made these BMX tracks. And through the BMX tracks, he dug this massive, there was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a jump. And then on the other side, he dug this hole. And so he stood out on the BMX track and he started, you know, saying some stuff to me. Come on, I can take you on. I think we had a little bit of a beef. And then, you know, he started. So I jumped on my BMX. I chased him through the track. And he knew that he jumped, but he sort of swerved to the side. I jumped over the jump, and I ended up in this big hole. Boom, straight over my handlebars. Dad, a triple somersault. Landed on my feet. Boom. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. This is what happened. I actually went over the handlebars, rolling, told it, hurt myself, hurt my shoulder, hurt my neck, hurt my. And I was furious, honey. I was mad. You know, I was mad, man. I just saw blood, man. So I got up. He was gone. I chased him. I was running a whole five kilometers an hour. <laughs> When I was, I was chasing him, and he, he was, man, I'm gonna get him, and he's gonna, he's gonna die. He's gonna die. We get to the house, get to the front porch, and he, he runs in, and just as he runs in, I go to grab him, and he slams the door, and I come running through, trying to beat the door closing, but I was just a little bit slow. And I ran through the door, straight through the window, smashed the door. Boom, hurt myself. I was enraged. My mother comes out. My brother's in the room and she's angry. <laughs> I was more scared of my mum than the police. <laughs> Just to let you guys know, she was mad. And anyway, she's like, What are you doing? And I said, Oh, Fetu. So my brother's name is Tefetu. It was him, he, you know, he done, he dug a hole and he made me flip off my bike and I chased him and, and then he slammed the door and, you know, I had the best reason ever, but to my mom, it still wasn't right. See, I want to preach to you this morning of the, from the thought, my reason is my right. Because sometimes we think that. Sometimes we think that i got a reason so then I got a right. To my mother, my reason, it didn't matter. I smashed the window. It didn't matter that my brother, he done his little tricks on me. He done that little trick like Jacob did and ran back to his mother. He, she, didn't, she wasn't concerned about that. I smashed the window. And in the process, I get hurt because I'm chasing my brother because in first things, I, I got mad with him because he was calling me names. Secondly, I hurt my body. Thirdly, I, I smashed glass and I cut myself. Fourth, then I get another hiding from my mum. All because I was angry because my reason gave me the right. What about you this morning? 
and family matters in so many times that we have a reason or somebody's done something to us, somebody's hurt us, that we've got this reason, so we have every right. But Apostle Paul says here, he says, be angry, but do not sin. He speaks to that thought, my reason, my right. He says, be angry, but do not sin. You got the reason, but you don't always have the right. And you know what? This is not the first time it's ever happened. We look at Genesis chapter 4, if we can get that up there, 6 and 7. And we see Cain and Abel. And we see that anger does something. It opens up the door. It opens the door to for greater things to happen that are going to cause danger. And he says in Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? He asks Cain, why are you angry? He says, and why has your countenance fallen? Something about like, there's no one angry here because no one looks like, you know, no one's got no sad faces, but something happened. You can always tell an angry person, eh? You just look at their, you know, they lose their smile and, you know. It's kind of funny though when you think about it, like you can be angry and someone rings you up on the phone and they say, oh, hey, how you doing? (laughs) As soon as you hang up, you're like, Yeah. But he says, hey, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will your not countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Your, every, your reasons might not always be right. Yeah, they might be right sometimes, but not all the time. And your reasons might not always be right. And we see Cain and we know the story that he goes on and he he doesn't deal with the anger that's going on inside of him. He doesn't deal with what's going on inside of him. He doesn't master it. And sin grabs a hold of him. And sin that was crouching at the door grabs a hold of him. And, And we know the story. He murders his brother, which is so devastating. And that's what happens in some families. You might not murder your brother or your sister or your mother or your whoever it is, literally, but you bring a separation and you begin to hate on them and you might speak words that are so, like, you know, evil towards that person and you might, you know, you, you, you slander them, you put them down and you, you say all these horrible things to certain people. How do I know? I've been there. So I'm not speaking from someone that hasn't been in that position of like being angry and put somebody down and, and spoken out out of a rash because uh, I'm feeling these emotions of rage and, and, I, and, and even myself, it, it's happened to me. And I think every single person in this room, we can probably relate to a situation where we've like, someone's hurt us, someone's done something to us, someone's done something really bad and it's caused this rage. But God really wants us to deal with it. God really wants us to deal with those things. And I'm going to give us a couple of things this morning. It's not everything, there's probably more. But I'll just give us three things this morning. And the first thing I really believe is that we should learn to ask for help. In the world that we're living in, in the time and the seasons and the times that we're living in, there's all this kind of self-help, self, you know, self-do-it-all-myself. I'm going to be Superman. I'm going to be Superwoman. And we try and do things on ourselves, but it, it, we can ask for help. It's so good. You know, Jesus said it's not good for man to be alone. You know, it's better together. There's a saying, that, uh, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. And so it's so good that you can actually reach out and ask for help. 
Don't be ashamed. Yeah, sometimes it's just pride. We don't want people to know. But the person that we can ask first and foremost is we can actually ask God for help. We can ask, we can ask God for help. In Psalms 103, if we can put that up, I gave it to you guys a little bit late, but I just thought of this this morning. Ask God for help. And Psalms 103 is such a great, powerful psalm. And, you know, we live in a, a time that we're so busy, we're so rushed, there's so much pressure on some of us that we actually forget that we can actually ask God for help. We actually forget that in God there's so many benefits. And so Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget none of His benefits, who pardons all your iniquities. Did you hear that? He pardons all your iniquities. First John 1 John 1.9 says that if you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And he says here that forget none of his benefits who heal or who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things. Say good things. Turn to your wife if you're sitting by her and say, you're a good thing. <laughs> hey, sitting next to your brother or sister, you say, ah, oh, you're good too, brother. <laughs> uh, he, says, he satisfies our years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Isn't that a powerful scripture right there? That when we ask, we can ask God for help. We can come to Him. We can confess our sin to Him. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, it says, confess your sins. Amen. Because He is faithful and just. Or He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, God's always there to help. You know, He's call upon the name of the Lord. We see there's so many scriptures in the Psalms where David, he's in trouble and he's like, oh my soul. And it says, hope in God. And he begins to cry out and call out to the Lord. And you know, we can do the same. We can do the same too. We can ask God for help. Another person that we can ask help, we can ask from our friends, especially our pastors and our elders. You know, we might need help and they can counsel us and they can pray with us. Yeah? Because God's put people in our lives. Amen? God's put pastors in our lives. God's put elders in our lives, friends, home group leaders, many different people in our lives that God has positioned us in around those people that we can actually build relationships and we can speak to them. We can talk to them about the things that are going on in the, inside of us. And sometimes you might even get counsel to go and get professional help, and that's okay. You know, it's all right because they're professionals. On their own, probably not, but with prayer, with God, and with your pastors, and with your elders in prayer, and with the help of professionals, they can help you. And so there's so many different people around that, that can help you. And the thing is that sometimes we just don't want to ask. We don't want to ask for help. We think we want to be the superhuman, superman, superwoman. But God said, man, you can ask for help. Secondly, this morning, real quick, is that resolve things quickly. I mean, that can just happen straight away. But just learn to resolve things quickly. Yeah? I think in, if we go back to that Ephesians scripture, chapter 4, um, verse 27, it says here, it says, and oh, go back to the other one, please, bro. First, it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So resolve some stuff quickly and do not give the devil an opportunity. 
Do not let the devil have a foothold in your life. Because when he gets that opportunity, he wants to launch a bigger attack on your life, on your family, on your children, in your marriage, on your finances. That's where he's going to launch. He's going to take, he's going to grab that foothold. It's like in World War II. What they used to do is they used to be called like a beachhead. They'd grab a beachhead. You know, they'd grab a beachhead, and from that beachhead, they'll launch their attack on the enemy. And it's the same with the enemy. He wants to get an opportunity because he wants to actually launch an attack on your family. He wants to launch an attack on your marriage. He wants to launch an attack on your children. Yeah? He wants to launch an attack on your peace that you have that God gives you because you've got the Prince of Peace in your life. He wants, to, he wants to launch that attack so that no longer, now no longer you got peace, but you got anxiety, you got worry, you got fretting, you got fear. And he gets that foothold, and from that foothold, he can go boom. Gotcha. Then he makes a stronghold and he sets up things in your mind. You begin to start thinking a certain way. You start thinking, and that's what a stronghold is. I don't know if you've ever walked a past upon a grass and you, and you keep going across that track. What it does, it tracks out a bit of a track. If you walked upon the lawn and it, or if you've driven on a, and it, and it cuts out a bit of a track if you walk along that track many times. And that's what a stronghold is in your mind. It's like you keep going back to the things that you're thinking because the enemy got a foothold in your life and then he establishes a stronghold in your mind. See, he launches an attack because you gave him a foothold. Now he has an opportunity to set up something strong in your mind and you begin to keep going back. Oh, that person. Every time you hear about that person, I don't like that person. Every time you hear the name of that sister or that brother or that uncle or that auntie, it might not even be family, but it's affecting you. And if it's affecting you, it's going to affect your family. Because you're going to come home grumpy and angry and everything else because somebody did something to you at work. And God, and I really believe that we've got to learn to just resolve things really quick. Get on it, man. Get on it. Don't let it just keep thinking. Don't let it keep going on. Don't let it keep happening. Don't let it just keep, don't let it just keep on, you know, getting in your mind. Just break it off, right? If you've got to go and make peace with that person, go make peace with them. Even if you're right, it doesn't matter. Because my reason isn't always my right. doesn't matter. My old pastor used to say, you might have a reason why, but you're just here to do and die. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good one, Pastor Paul, but <laughs> I was thinking, gee, that's a hard one. <laughs> just here to do and die. Resolve things quickly. Get on it, man. Get on it. Get on it. Third thing, practice forgiveness, which is sort of which leads me from that point into this one. Just practice forgiveness. Ephesians chapter four, thirty-one to thirty-two. It says, "Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted." Pastor Ruth was talking a little bit about that. This morning, eh? Remember? Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, so important. Try and find that kindness. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. What a powerful passage of Scripture. If you want to learn how to act and live a good life and you want to know about spiritual warfare, it doesn't start at Ephesians chapter 6. It actually starts at Ephesians chapter 1. Where you know who you are in Christ Jesus. 
And sometimes we think we just got to fight and do this better. But he says in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, finally, brethren. He says, after all doing all that stuff, he says, finally. And so we've got to learn that things like this, the way we conduct, conduct ourselves is that he says, let all bitterness. If you've got the New Living Translation version of that scripture, that would be awesome. If you have, you haven't. But I'll read it to you then. I'll read it to you. I'll read it to you. And it goes like this. He says, get rid of all bitterness. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. He says, get rid of it. Whoa. I tell my boys to get rid of all the rubbish out of their truck. You know, go to work and I'm like, holy moly, get rid of it. You know what happens if you don't get rid of the rubbish? The rats, the rodents, everything else comes, the smell, and all the rest of it happens. And, but gee, and that's what happens to us because we've got all this bad flavor in us. And he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. Turn to your neighbor and say, get rid of it. <laughs> Instead. Yeah. So I'll finish on this point this morning. Instead, be kind to each other. Kindness is, part, is a fruit of the Spirit. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Don't let your heart become callous, hardened towards people. Keep the heart tender. Keep it tender. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. This is a little bit personal for me because I, I kind of went through a little bit of a stage of this in my life and in my family and someone really close to me, I felt I had a reason to like, you know, be a little bit angry at them. And, um, you know, this is my daughter, talking about my daughter, really close, eh? And in that time, I had this unforgiveness, but I thought I had dealt with it, but I hadn't. And I felt that she had done something really bad to me. That was my own personal thing. It's nothing on her. It's just me. I was feeling that. And what it did, it really separated and it stopped out. I could no longer be a voice in her life as a father because I had this bitterness and this anger. And, and I got really sick. But I went to the doctors. They couldn't figure it out. I was going to the doctors and like, you know, and I'm, I'm ministering. I'm, I'm seeing great moves of God happening in Potirua. Powerful things, young people getting saved, young people getting born again. And there was something that was going on inside of me and I was getting sick. My stomach was churning, my back was out of place. And I kept going to the doctor and he said, he's like, man, nothing wrong with you, bro. And so I went and seen my pastor and, and you know, he, he said, man, it could be something, you know, demonic or something spiritual that's attached to you. You've allowed something in your life, I don't know, but we'll just pray. And, and anyway, how I recognized that one day I was in church and I was asking God, God, just heal me. And, and somebody came up to me and they said to me, hey, man, I seen your daughter the other day. And I went, oh, awesome. That's good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As you do in church. And you've got a smile on your face and all that stuff. But inside of me, I was like, oh, yeah, who cares? That's how I was feeling inside. Pretty, pretty, pretty ruthless, eh? And then the Lord says, there it is, son. Right there. And in that moment, if we can have the band just playing, that'd be cool. If you can.
I love their song, Blessing, it's cool. But if you've got something else on, it's cool. Because <laughs> I know, you know, they just, they're pretty onto it. Okay. And then, you know, in that moment, God got me, got a hold of me. You know, God, He just challenged me to let it go. And, and in that moment, when we're just in worship, I didn't, you know, I didn't, re- I didn't go up to an altar call or anything like that. And I didn't, you know, do any of that stuff. But just in that moment, I just said, God, forgive me for that. And Lord, I just let it go right now. Immediately, I got healed. Immediately in that moment, I got healed. Immediately. And I just felt the stress and all that stuff that I've been carrying for so long. And, and you know, God was say, I lost a little bit of time in that time, Fano, with my daughter. I lost a little bit of time. And that's what happens. We lose a little bit of time. And, um, but this morning, I just want to just keep you guys focused because there's a little bit of an alarm going on, but that's all right. And he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And I'm going to tell you this morning, church, that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, He died on the cross for you and me. And He died, He just he, He didn't have to, but He chose to. He chose to die for you and me. He forgave us. And on the cross, He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And I tell you, man, we can be the same this morning. We can be the same this morning. I know God's speaking to people in this place and in this building and online this morning that maybe you're struggling with some anger things going on or maybe there's a bit of aru-darus with you and your husband or your wife or maybe your children this morning. I believe God wants to set you free. I believe God wants to do something in your life. He wants to set you free and He doesn't want you to carry that anger no more. That you can let it go. You can let it go. Say, let it go. You can let it go. You can say, nah, man, I'm giving this to Jesus first and foremost. He's forgiven me. And if I can't forgive them, He can't forgive me. So Jesus, I'm going to give it to you this morning. I'm giving it to you. It's all about you. And so this morning as you're sitting there and you're thinking about it, and maybe the message and God's speaking to you somewhere in your heart right now. And maybe this morning you want to maybe respond to the message and maybe you want healing in your heart and I want to challenge every man in here today every man every husband every dad maybe there's something going on with you I challenge you this morning say man you know come on get it right sort it out I challenge you this morning to sort it out stand up come forward come on don't let the enemy get that foothold in your life don't let him grab a hold of you don't let him destroy your family So every man, every person here this morning, maybe this morning that the words that I've been preaching and the Word of the Lord has touched your heart. Man, we're just going to stand up this morning and we're going to sing the song. Come on, let's stand up, church. We're going to stand up, we're going to sing the song. And maybe if you want some prayer this morning, we've got a great prayer team here this morning. 